Not sure if I should call it degenerate moron row or radio <laughs> or radio skid row, whatever you call it. I, Mackie and Judd are right there. You I like the second it, one. You could call it power tripping uh, public relations guy row. We've already had that happen a couple times. Yes, we this have. Morning, Kenny, yeah. in a big way. Good luck, fellas. <laughs> Thank you. We'll need it. Things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? They're a resilient group too, you know. Um, just put on that Jacksonville game, you know. Here's a here's a here's a team that uh, you know gets down in the game early, and there's no panic, you know. They they just stay the course. They execute their game plan. They've got a uh, you know great defense, you know as good as we as good as we faced all year, and the D line is you know. I think better than any team we faced all year. Kelly back to throw. Up the middle and complete and picked off. Brad Edwards gets the Redskins the ball back. <laughs> Is that, you know what, the Vikings what can only that? hope that that happens at some point, that, that a quarterback drops back and throws an interception in the Super Bowl. Uh, we are live at Radio Row, Mall of America, the calm before the storm. It's Monday, so not all of the media outlets have have shown up to town yet. Absolutely not here so yet. we kind of yep. have our own little space. There's uh, there's an area right to our left here. And by the way, if you're if you're planning on, I don't know, skipping lunch or just playing hooky in general, mm-hmm. third floor Mall of America. And I don't know how many Radio Row setups throughout the years have been this fan-friendly, but you can literally just walk around the Mall of America's third level right next to the mini golf, yep. right next to the food court. Say, you don't have to skip lunch. We're in lunch here. Exactly. The food court is here. Come, yes. come check us out. We are right by the Shake Shack. That, that's going to get is dangerous go, here in which, the is go, which I probably need, need to lose about 20 pounds right now. I would say by Friday we're looking <laughs> at a good 30 pounds. 30 to 40. And the worst part is Shake Shack also has a liquor license, so they have beer on tap. Boy, that's going to be... So post-show, i got a bad <laughs> feeling about this week for me, boys. <laughs> bad feeling. Uh, we have, so Kevin Seifert's going to join us at 9.30, and Sage Rosenfels will be over here around 10.15. We already talked to him wandering around Radio Row, and superstar Mike Morris will, if he can find it, will, will, will join us. In fact, will superstars show up on time for noon when he has to go through security and It's press worse pass? than 50-50. I've right? got the under. At this point, it might be 30-70. Well, he's so. got to get his pass first, right? Yeah. So there's no way. Yeah, He'll be here. I'm putting it at 12.26 p.m. The odds are not great. I had this. I want to know you guys' thoughts on this. I had this sort of realization that, so uh, just a little behind the curtains glimpse, if the Vikings would have gone to the Super Bowl, then our station would have had multiple game day credentials, right? We would have been, all of us would have gone to the game, covered it, you know, post-game show, whatever. Right. Uh, as it turns out, because they lost in the NFC Championship game, we have one in-game credential as a, as a station, and we all voted that Judd, the longest-tenured NFL media guy, will go to his first Super Bowl. My first wow. Super Bowl ever, Great. yeah. No one gave me a vote. Uh, no, no you, you actually didn't get no, a vote. You, I don't know if you No, I mean, I didn't ballot. even get the option to vote. Yeah, I think it was Brad Lane, Collar, Phil. It's, I voted for myself. I would have voted for Rook. That's it, it's thing. like the NFL <laughs> Hall of Fame voting process. It's very Rook would have voted for Rook, too. That's the best thing. Uh, the Rook here. Uh, so, anyways... <laughs> I had this epiphany. I was going back and forth. Do I want to? Do I want to drop like several thousand dollars on a game day ticket for what's going to be a once in a generation Super Bowl in the Twin Cities? And I think a lot of fans probably have that same feeling. Where if the Vikings were in the game, people would crack open the checking accounts, the savings accounts, and say, "Bleep it! 
five thousand bucks, whatever it costs. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's you know parking is outrageous downtown if you're going to go that route. I would much rather, and I think I represent Vikings fans saying this. I would much rather just wait until either they're in it at some point or another exotic like warm weather location. I'm excited for the week leading up to the game. Yeah. But as far as the game goes, it might as well be in Miami. Like what? I'm gonna watch on TV. It might as well be in Miami because the Vikings aren't in it now. What's the most that, that you guys would pay to get in? So if someone came to you and had the possibility of getting a ticket, what's the most that you would possibly pay for that game? So I would have said for Vikings being in it, several thousand I'm saying, dollars. Yeah, no, I'm several saying several thousand dollars. I'm saying just now, when when you know the opponents, if I came to you and said I've got a ticket, what would you pay for? Something it? far less than several thousand. But I mean, are we talking like <laughs> five hundred? Are we talking I mean, you you wouldn't even pay that? I'd pay five hundred bucks to get in the game, like a you know home Super Bowl, Dave. I think they're charging more for parking downtown now <laughs> than I would pay to get in the. Game. <laughs> now that's a good possibility, because I did see I did see the sixty-five dollar lot on Friday night. Mm -hmm. What was going on on Friday? I Just quickly, I saw a seventy-five dollar sign. I, I can't remember exactly where, but somewhere downtown. But like, who was What was so good on Friday? So, so this is more than a week out from the game. What was so possibly good that you would pay $65 to get into downtown Minneapolis? Listen, they have a Tostitos Cantina that is free. Idina Menzel all, was singing, right? Menzel. Star of Frozen. Oh, okay. Get all the kids down there. Okay, that's a no for me, but okay, at least that in fact, I now know. It was either Idina or some publicist in her camp that tweeted out, and they must have had this ready for months, right? Okay, when Idina's doing the sound check, for the Super Bowl live event, let's send out a quippy tweet of some kind. Let's yes. take a lyric from one of her songs from Frozen. <laughs> and it's it, she tweeted something like, um, the cold never bothered me anyway from yeah. the song, dot, 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 unless you're in Minneapolis. Yes. It was 47 <laughs> degrees when she sent the tweet. I say let it go. <laughs> That's the best. I'm done. <laughs> that, that was good. There it is. Dave Harrigan. His stand-up back, it's over. Oh it is what? God. It is 9, 9 a.m. on Monday, and Harrigan's already done. He's going back to the studio. I'm going to play mini-golf. Are you kidding me? That was outstanding stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, have you guys been able to uh, take in any of the either the convention center or Super Bowl Live downtown Minneapolis, any, anything so far? I can safely say that I will not go downtown until game day. Why? I have no interest in fighting through this traffic down there. We're coming out, out here. The mall is great. And number one, too, here's the thing about coming to the mall. You park, it's absolutely free. <laughs> free ramps. It, it's, but it, it'll cost you three hours finding your car at the end of your Oh, not if you're America. well, well planned. Uh, I really don't know. I mean, I'll, besides going downtown for the game on Sunday, I might go check out the Super Bowl experience, but I'm not sure yet. I've got to decide. I can tell. Uh, Dave, have you been out down? You, I haven't been there yet. I'm going to do Super Bowl experience this coming Saturday. Okay. So I'll check that out. As far as the Nicollet Mall stuff, we'll see. It's, it was fun. I, I spent like three or four hours just exploring around on uh, Saturday morning. Yep. Now, I think at night when there's live performances, and there are some, you know, Adina Menzel sang for five minutes, I guess, and then there's been there's some other names throughout the week that are big attractions, but I just think it's cool to wander around and explore an event that won't be back here until we build another new stadium, or if all, if all goes well, maybe it comes back in like 10 or 15 or 20 years. Uh, so the, the one thing you do notice, security is no joke. Oh, no. And it's because it's the biggest sporting event in the world. Yeah. We're talking military vehicles downtown Minneapolis, yes. military vehicles outside the Mall of America. Mm -hmm. you, you just you walk behind SWAT team crews mm -hmm. as you're going over to, you know, 8th and Nicolets. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's a very interesting, unique vibe, and some of it's the size of the event, some of it's 
what's happened in this country since the last time there was a Super Bowl in town. Concern obviously. about pedestrians, somebody trying to get to pedestrians. Absolutely. Yeah. So is the Super Bowl experience worth it? Well, it's for, oh the experience. I don't know. I haven't been to the. Experience. Oh, I thought you went into Super the experience. Bowl. No, Super Bowl Live is downtown Minneapolis. Okay. The Super Bowl experience is at the uh, convention center. Correct. Okay. So I have not been to the uh, Super Bowl experience yet. Where Here, you can kick field goals and you can. You here's my dilemma. Saturday on Nicollet, there's there's three concerts I like. Bob Mould's playing, Jayhawks are playing, and there's a third one as well. I'm tempted to go down and watch it. But it's supposed to be really, really cold, and I think these are all outdoors. So I'm weighing if that's going to be worth actually being that cold for to see three good shows. Uh, I, I would, I would pick and choose. I would pick and choose. Uh, like the first of all, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that the timing and the cold is going to be your issue. I think it's going to be the crowd size. So, and I wasn't there for the nighttime concerts, but it's kind of a small little area. I mean, yeah. only like a few hundred people maybe, and it's a downtown. Oh, block. really? Okay. So there, what they what happens is when it fills up, they they start ushering people out from the streets, like the gawkers and stuff. Gawkers mm-hmm. is the wrong word. Like the people who are trying to watch it from you know afar. <laughs> gawkers, stalkers, you know those type of people. Yeah. So I don't. I would say don't drive downtown. If you can, if you can drive somewhere, light rail it or or take an Uber. Even Ubers, though, that's going to be the traffic kind of miserable. Yeah, that's what I'm concerned about. There. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's I, my guess is, and what I noticed over the weekend was it was much more local traffic and crowds. Mm-hmm. It was more Minnesotans. There were some tourists. You could see people from outside outside fan bases with their with their jackets and stuff. But my guess is Boston and Philadelphia fans are going to start to trickle in the next few days. And by the time Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday roll around. That's when we're talking about huge influxes of of uh, tourists. So, yeah, I mean, it was I, I I did hop into an Uber on Saturday, and I think this is going to happen. We had the Airbnb story last week where Vikings fans are canceling Airbnb reservations for when <laughs> yes. they find out that there's Philadelphia fans coming in. Yep. And I sat in the back of an Uber on Saturday. Viking, the guy driving was Vikings hat, Vikings jersey, just a super hardcore Vikings fan. And, and he picked us up from the Super Bowl Live area, so he knew that, like, okay, we start talking football and Super Bowl. And I said, are you ready for Eagles fans to trash your Uber? And he was kind of a no-nonsense guy. Like, didn't have that sense of humor. <laughs> he he thought you were threatening him? It didn't he, go over real well? well? he goes, oh, yes, I am. <laughs> oh. And I was like, uh, like, what, what kind of a gun do you have beneath your <laughs> he, he goes, I have a plan in place to rile up the Eagles fans who get in my car and get him kicked off Uber forever. Because you can report bad behavior and you can get people kicked off Uber <laughs> forever. I'm like, wait a second. So your plan, as you chauffeur four drunk Eagles fans packed into your car, is to rile them up and you're gonna feel safe after I'm watching. Force what- <laughs> you to download the app for Lyft. Right. Because you're not getting wait, Uber. Wait, wait. I'm gonna force you to take Metro Transit <laughs> or other die, forms of die, transportation. Die. So, yeah. does this guy think that 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 would, with the lifetime ban would, would then go back home with them as well? I don't know how that works. Like it's just know. a week. They're not gonna care. Well, if you get kicked off Uber. I think if you get kicked off Uber, it's just you're kicked off Uber. I don't know if it specifies, hey, you can't use Uber in Minneapolis. But Philadelphia, but you can use it in Philadelphia. Guys aren't going to care. They're going to be like, oh, but yeah, I'll come pick you up. Those Minnesotans are so we. Oh, we got a week of that coming, baby. It is. The East Coast is descending upon us, and we can't stop it. Uh, yes. You I want to ride? I, I am, by the way, 100% rooting for Tom Brady to absolutely stick it to the to the Eagles on Sunday. And it has nothing to do with the teams or anything. I, I, I received like five more stories 
people either emailing or sending me like tweets, personal accounts of what happened inside the Eagle Stadium last weekend. I'm starting to wonder how many of those are real and now be just being made up because people want to pile on. I don't. I'm, I think a certain large percentage have to be real though. Well, like, no, absolutely, some do. But I mean, at this point, it, it's almost like. Okay, come on, we get it. We get it. Eagles fans suck. All right, let's move on I, now. I feel like we've gotten to the point, too, where it's turned from, oh, my gosh, that's a terrible story, to quit whining. Yeah. Especially quit whining after I told you for a week, don't wear your no. Vikings. Yes, if, and if, everyone was listening if, to you. If you, if you went, I yeah, know, exactly. they didn't. They didn't, but that's the problem. Go, go hop up on one of these national platforms that are right next to us they, and see if you can reach more people. They didn't, but that's the problem. You knew <laughs> you knew if you were in those parking lots wearing your Helga horns that guess what was going to happen? Something bad. Yeah, well, maybe the problem was you because the Eagles fans heard it too and said, you think we've done, what we've done before is bad? Oh, no, I've Yeah, you've, uh, you've just challenged us to up it to a new level. I've heard worse. I'll read you guys a story later in the show involving 10-year-old kids getting physically like assaulted by Eagles fans inside the stadium. Unless, like Dave said, they're lying. But I don't know what they would have to gain by lying about it other than just, you know, making Eagles fans seem a little bit worse than I they guess. already are inherently. Uh, we're live at Radio Row Mall of America, third floor here, and it kind of feels like the calm before the storm where in a couple days we're not going to be able to even have elbow room around here, but it's kind of nice. There's no one. There's like four or five tables around us that are empty right now because mm-hmm. it's only Monday of Super Bowl week. Let's come back. Kevin Sievert's going to join in about 20 minutes. We'll have Sage Rosenfels on the show in about an hour from now and uh, Superstar Mike Morris for uh, the noon hour as well. But we spent last week speculating about Drew Brees and your Alex Smith theory, yep. which we're both very much on board with. And so is Collar. And we got a lot of pushback on that via social media and emails, people calling us idiots for... Uh, <laughs> for wanting wow. Alex Smith in the mix. We can get back to that, too. But the one guy we didn't spend much time on was Kirk Cousins, and he's the most prominent free agent quarterback next to Drew Brees, if you, if you count Jimmy Garoppolo as you know going back to San Francisco. How much should the Vikings aggressively pursue Kirk Cousins? Let's talk about it when we come back. Mackie and Judd live from Super Bowl Radio Row. Uh, but first, before we go to break, let me tell you about where we are right now. And here's my only question for you. When are you planning to come to the Mall of America this week? Because if you're a football fan, you have to come here. I'm going to describe this very simply. This is going to be like Christmas if you love football. This is going to be the place to be. And as I said before, here's the best part. You can come out here and you can park for free. Guess what? You go downtown, it's going to cost you a lot to park. It's hard to move. At the mall, it's wide open, and it is, let me let me sell this accurately as possible. It is a fiesta of football. It's going to be fiesta of football. And now you're saying, well, yeah, but, but Judd, you know, my family, they don't like football like I like football. It doesn't matter. There's over 520 stores here to shop at. So you could check out all of the football stuff. Come see us up here on the third floor. Check it all out. Visit mallofamerica.com slash boldnorth for all the details. Mallofamerica.com slash boldnorth. Do it now and join us out here. Mackie and Judd, Kevin Seifert in 10 minutes. Kevin Seifert in 10 minutes from ESPN and ESPN.com. Sage Rosenfels will join us. In, uh, in about an hour from now, then superstar Mike Morris. So, all right, we spent all of last week reckless speculation about yes. the Vikings quarterback situation. It was fantastic. It is, I think the, the main theme that you and I agree on is you don't have anyone under contract, so you can pretty safely just paint with a blank canvas. Yes. You don't have to just use the same brush you had last year or the same three brushes you had. There's other options. Mm-hmm. Her cousins mm-hmm. is the one we didn't really talk about much last week. So, mm-hmm. 
if if we're talking about a multi-year contract for 25 27 million dollars guaranteed average annual value per season how aggressively would you pursue Kirk Cousins if you were Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer all right so how much do you like Kirk Cousins yeah so i did a bunch of uh, digging on this last night and i came away with this conclusion i like him more than i thought i did going into st- starting to look at his background and, and how he's played me too i like him a lot more than i thought i did but here is the here is the question then that i had asked myself are you willing to make an investment in kirk cousins that go- that's going to ex- exceed what matthew stafford got because you're almost certainly going to have to, considering where the market is at right now and quarterbacks that are going to get paid. And and by the way, this entire conversation is also based on the expectation that the Redskins don't franchise cousin, yeah. Cousins, which I believe is 30-plus million dollars if they do, because it would be the third time for them to do so. Um, but one of the projections that I found for Cousins was that you're talking about five years, Hundred fifty million, seventy-five guaranteed at signing, and a sixty million dollars signing bonus. Do I like him that much? That's do, a lot of. Do money. I want to tie into him that much? Do I trust him that much? The answer is no. Okay. I don't trust it that much. So I think we. Here's the problem: you can't put a price on a Super Bowl window, and and the, so. Uh, y- you should be willing to overpay for what you think is the final piece to a Super Bowl puzzle if it means taking advantage of the two- or three-year window that you have left. Mm-hmm. So I'm not as concerned about the money. Like I, You're going to go in, and all the numbers you, you figured, I, I don't disagree with those. Let's say he's the highest-paid quarterback in the history of the NFL in terms of guaranteed money up front. And it's not some outrageous amount more than Matthew Stafford makes. Every year, just a quick a quick aside before I tell you about Kirk Cousins and and sort of the way we have to uh, look at his value. Every year we do this, where a new quarterback comes up for a contract, and he's you know he's 27, 29, 30 years old, and he breaks the record for a new contract. Or in the case of an Andy Dalton, has this crazy guaranteed amount attached to his uh, to his worth now. That's because the salary cap keeps going up in the NFL. It's almost $200 million. Of course, quarterbacks are going to get – it's the most important position sure. in sports. So, of course, a quarterback now, even if he's only the 10th or 12th or 15th best guy, mm-hmm. is going to make more money than a guy five or six or ten years ago. Like mm-hmm. It's just the natural evolution of the economics of football. So I'm not as hung up on the price. What I do wonder, would you be paying for the Kirk Cousins from 2015-16, or was the regression from this past year – a sign that he's sort of settling back into that league average area. Because if you go and take a look by the numbers, if you trust his 2015 and 16 seasons, he's one of the seven or eight best quarterbacks in the NFL. In fact, even if you loop in his 2017 passer rating, let's just go passer rating. I know it's not the it's not the gospel, and there's other better ways to measure quarterback play. But if you take all qualified quarterbacks who've thrown enough passes over the past three seasons mm-hmm. and rank them by passer rating, Here's what it looks like. Tom Brady's number one. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees is number two. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers. Kirk Cousins is sixth on that list. Mm-hmm. Let's go a little bit more advanced. QBR, ESPN does the uh, passer rating with context, as we like to call it. He was sixth in 2015, sixth in 2016. Dropped to 19th last year. Football Outsiders, which does advanced 
projections and metrics and analytics for quarterbacks and all the other positions. He was seventh in 2015, third in 2016, and then dropped back to 16th last year. How about adjusted yards per attempt? Matthew Collar likes to lean on this one for, uh, you know, how, how, how good are you at gaining chunks? It's, it's not about yardage, it's about yards per attempt, mm-hmm. and it's about context. Three years ago, he was ninth. Two years ago, he was fifth. Last year, he dropped to 12th. So my point is, if I'm paying for the 2015-16 Kirk Cousins, which, by the way, like those were some bad defenses in Washington, and he's being asked to shoulder a load and maybe score 27, 30 points in some games where he wouldn't have to do that with a great defense, I will pay a premium for that Kirk Cousins, but I'm a little bit curious as to why he dropped off in kind of a prove-it season let, last year. Let me tell you why. Offensive line banged up. He had a two 1,000-yard receivers that, that he lost going into 2017. Um, his backfield was wiped out. He has re- he could give you reasons. He and his agent could show up, talk to the Vikings, and say, if you're looking for why Kirk dropped off, here's why. Um, but my question is this. If you sign him to the contract that we're talking about and you're going to tie up your cap in him, do you completely trust it? Or, or do I still fall back and say, I could get Alex Smith for a year. Alex Smith is still a good quarterback, I believe. He is a guy who is going to cost you for one year, but not outrageous. Supposedly, let's draft, say... A draft pick. Yeah, and supposedly, let's say, the asking price is a third-round pick, which to me is not bad. I put as much stock in that plan... If I was completely sold on Cousins as the long-term guy and the guy who could come here and you sign him to a five-year contract, and let's say you even get three great years, i go with it. I can't convince myself of that. Well, okay let's, let's, okay, let's build the list out here. I'm with you. I think it would be preferable a one-year experiment with Alex Smith, and then you can keep Teddy Bridgewater on the roster if you still think that he might be your quarterback of the future for a lot less money than Kirk Cousins is going to make. If you want to, you know, broaden the scope here Mm -hmm. that is slightly more appealing than just splurging on Kirk Cousins and then also saying goodbye to Teddy Bridgewater because if you're going to splurge on Kirk Cousins everybody's gone you are for sure saying goodbye to yeah to all everybody's gone yes exactly uh Kyle Kyle Slaughter would be your 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 backup backup maybe yep um but I would put I would put splurging on Kirk Cousins well above splurging on Case Keenum oh yes or even franchising Case Keenum (laughs) okay the funny, so like those. Like yes, assuming I'm with you on going this. Back to New Orleans. Yeah. To me, the only two viable options, if you want to put I, a jolt into your season next year, are trading for Alex Smith and splurging on Kirk Cousins. Let me, and I, I know that, that there's a lot of folks who will disagree with me on this, and if, if you feel the same way, they will disagree with you as well. Let me begin this, go backwards, and say this: all of our discussions so far, to me, have been jettisoning Case. I'm not paying him, and I don't think I would franchise him. I look at the year. I, it's pretty clear to me that if you listen to Zim talk about Case's year, he looks at this as, wow, that was impressive. I'm not sure if that's going to repeat itself, and he's probably right. So most of the conversations that we've had in the past uh, week plus now to me have started with Case is not coming back. So, yes, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Alex Smith is my first option. Uh, Cousins would probably be my second and I guess with the Smith option, I tie Teddy into that. Right, because it's now you're, yes. If it was just Alex Smith for a year or Kirk Cousins, I might feel a little bit differently. But the fact that you get you get sort of that developmental period. Now people are going to ask, all right, 
if you go to Teddy Bridgewater and say, listen, we're trading for Alex Smith, it's only one year, you're not going to start in 2018, but we are still going to groom you for the future. He might say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'd am gonna. i rather go somewhere else and actually compete for a starting job sure. in 2018. There's so many moving pieces here, and it's so complicated. But here's the good news if you're a Vikings fan. At many different turns throughout the last 10 years, when Rick Spielman's either been the general manager or has been very influential in the front office, and it's time for the Vikings to, to bleep or get off the pot and make a big splash, right? You need a wide receiver. Might not have been the best move, but overspend for Bernard Berrien, right? They did it. Well, turned into kind of a laughing stock, but he had a good season 2008 when they needed a wide receiver to win the division to get to the next step. They, will they spend. splurged on it. Yes, absolutely. When they needed a pass rusher going in to the 2008 season, they traded multiple high picks and paid a ton of money for Jared Allen. 2009, man, we're at this crossroads. We won the division, don't have a quarterback, the roster is ready, just need a quarterback, bleep it, million dollars a game for Brett Favre. Mm -hmm. And Brett Favre making a million dollars a game in 2009 is very similar to some of the price tags we're talking about, Kirk Cousins. And the other thing to keep in mind, too, you have almost $60 million in cap room. So even if you do splurge on a Kirk Cousins for like 25 or $27 million a year, you're still going to have enough money to maneuver around, sign a couple free agents, extend some guys that are on your roster right now. You're already, people kind of forget when you think about, oh my gosh, 25 or $27 million for a quarterback, you're already spending like $20 million on your quarterbacks this last year. Sure. Because Bradford made 17 to sit on the bench all year and be injured and have surgery. Uh, Keenum made a couple million dollars and Bridgewater made a million, million and a half. So you're actually spending close to $20, $21 million on your quarterback. So the jump would be five to seven million dollars more not oh my god yeah. paying 27 from million three from, to 27 exactly or something. yes yes but yeah i mean so so my my list so far from what we've done would be smith tied to teddy cousins and and can i see him bringing back case yes would that be my first or second choice no it wouldn't yeah Absolutely not. Uh, later on, I actually I was doing some research on uh, Kirk Cousins, not just as a quarterback, but what's he like behind the scenes? Because we don't follow too closely you know, Washington Redskins football. There was a great write-up in Sports Illustrated a few months ago. It was actually early December about his leadership characteristics and some of the, the lengths that he goes to behind the scenes. We'll get to that later in the show, yeah. maybe. Yeah, in fact, I, I saw a note last night in doing some uh, d digging on this that he actually, at one point, a couple years back, I think, went to Brady and said, how does it work? Like, yeah. like what am I supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. So I like him. I like him. The question is, do I trust it for the contract that you would have to sign him to? And I'm, I'm not out, but I'm... Hesitant. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, if you if you just took his 2015-16 seasons and said, would you pay a bunch of money for this guy? You'd say, oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but age matters. He's 29 years old, I believe. Let's pause this. We can talk to Kevin Seifert about this, too. He's going to join us when we come back. Mackie and Judd, live on Radio Row. Uh, Sage Rosenfels joins in about 45 minutes or so, and also superstar Mike Morris. We're here all week long at the Mall of America, Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd, as you heard big voice guys say, this Mackie and Judd broadcast is powered by the Mall of America. All the exciting events associated with Super Bowl 52, the Mall of America is a hot spot to be. And you can even creep on us. I'm not sure how many other radio rows historically are this fan-friendly in terms of being able to creep on the people that you either love or hate the most in media. <laughs> And if you hate us, could you stick a, yeah. a little ways away from us? <laughs> if you love us, come right up to the rail. Right. 
Uh, Kevin Seifert, speaking of media members that people hate, no, or love, in the case Seifert, of Seifert. Seifert's yeah. loved. Or, or that are creeping on you. You never know where I'm <laughs> Exactly. We saw some of your creeper photos from, uh, from uh, was it, you were on Radio Row yesterday taking some well, creeper I just, photos. Yeah, I came out to scout it out for you guys. I was worried uh, that you might not have a good working environment, but it looks excellent, and you have many lunch selections available to you as well. Right. Uh, I may have pounded some knof-knof yesterday. It was amazing. So we've been recklessly speculating the last couple weeks, Kevin, about the Vikings quarterback situation, their sure. blank canvas this offseason. What do you think of Kirk Cousins? Like, just in general, do you think he's a top 10 guy? Do you think he's, you know, is he, is he, is there even another layer to his production? Did he drop off this last year and, and the money you'd have to pay him? How interested do you think the Vikings should be in a guy like Kirk Cousins? Um, well, I'd say two things. One, he's probably the best quarterback that has been or will be available on the, on the assumingly on the on the open free agent market in a long time. Uh, it's very rare that when you go into free agency needing a starting quarterback that there is anyone remotely um, as talented as he is available, uh, unless you have to try to pry him away from a franchise tag. We're assuming the Redskins are not going to franchise him and he'll be on the open market. If that's the case, uh, you've never been able to do better than a Kirk Cousins on the free agent market in recent times and probably won't happen again for a long time. So that's the number one thing, is if you are going to go out on free agency and, and try to get a new starter, that's, that's about as best of an option as you could hope for. Um, where does he rank amongst all the quarterbacks? You know, I, you know Mike Sando, my, uh, my colleague uh, at ESPN, does a quarterback tier every year and um he has never had kirk cousins amongst the in the top tiers of of quarterbacks um relative to the drew Brees, tom brady's aaron Rodgers, uh even the cam newtons you know maybe in that second rung there uh and and down the line so he's probably he's an above average quarterback but has not typically been ranked amongst the top 10 so that's what you have to consider is that you're paying, you know, number one money, you know, better than whoever is ranked number one because he's a free agent for a guy who's not in the top ten. Now, are you going to be able to do any better with anyone else? No. Are you going to be able to draft a guy that could one day be as good as him? Uh, that would be a that's a that's a better case scenario than average. So, long story short, um, you'd be paying him more than you than you would otherwise, but you'd be getting a better quarterback than you would otherwise as well. So, Kevin, prioritize for me Cousins, Alex Smith, and Case. If you're Spielman and you sit down and think to, think to yourself, okay, we've got uh, three of our QBs coming up. Teddy, I think you could make an argument, could be tied to Smith if you traded for Smith, but prioritize Cousins, Smith, and Keenum for me. Well, just in terms of pure um, talent slash ability to play the position, um, you know, I'd probably, I'd probably go, especially after what we saw last year, um, if you're in the right system, Alex Smith, Kirk Cousins, Case Keenum. Um, but Alex Smith is a little bit older, uh, and it's going to be a much shorter-term thing, uh, and you would get him at a much less franchise-debilitating price than you would at Kirk Cousins, and you, and you also have to keep that in mind as well. Um, you know, is there a big difference between any of those three? Probably not. Um, but I guess that's my first blush thought. Yeah, it's uh, there's so many tentacles to this, too, because obviously if you want Teddy Bridgewater to be part of your future, you have to factor that in. You're not going to be able to keep Teddy and sign Kirk Cousins, but you might be able to trade for a year of Alex Smith and then kind of slow-cook Teddy on a multi-year deal. And 
So you have to figure out how much do you like Teddy and how much do you want to invest in the in, in his continued future and then how much do you want to win right now? Because your window isn't guaranteed, Kevin, to be open. If, if you're building this off defense and you don't have that franchise quarterback, that window could slam shut maybe even before this upcoming season. You're not guaranteed five years of this window is my point. No, not at all. Maybe not even one or two. I mean, you look at the, yeah. the health of this of the defense, Vikings defense over the course of the year and you say, I mean, that was that was a pretty prime uh, opportunity that they had. That they, they took as far as they did but didn't get all the way. But... I don't think hardly anybody missed a game because of injury. Dejo missed a couple and he got suspended, but for the most part, all their key guys were healthy, and that, you know, on average, is not going to happen too often. So you never know how long the window is open or shut. Um, you know, to me, like planning for Teddy to be your starter is just a really risky uh, proposition, whether you're in a window or not. I mean, there's just been so much time in between competitive snaps for him. Uh, I feel like. If he ends up becoming a starter in the NFL again, it's not going to be accidental, but it's not going to be entirely intentional either. He's not just going to be signed by a team or promoted by the Vikings, I don't think, to be their unquestioned starter. He's going to have to either earn it in a, in a straight-on competition or he's going to have to take the field when somebody else gets hurt. Um, and in terms of the Vikings being able to keep him, I would imagine, you know, assuming he's a free agent, that he's going to want to at least see if there's another team willing to give him a better opportunity than a backup spot. Uh, which is presumably what all the Vikings could guarantee at the moment um, before he eventually decides whether to return here or not. So I, I saw you tweet that you went downtown and uh, and actually saw this trophy that you took a picture of. And, and what's that trophy called? And it's allowed. I'm told it's allowed in this state, but it can't stay here. Tell me the yeah. backstory of this trophy you saw on Saturday. I had to do some research, but I'm told it's called the Lombardi Trophy, named after somebody who uh, uh, used to coach the Packers and apparently won a few of them or was pretty good or something. And uh, yeah, I was downtown Saturday at the Super Bowl experience. The uh, the Lombardi Trophy, which will be awarded to the uh, team that wins the Super Bowl and therefore has not yet been awarded to a team from Minnesota, uh, uh, was on display. Hmm. Uh, you'll see it again Sunday. Uh, after the game, and, and we'll go from there. But yeah, that was um, it. Was uh, it, it was funny? I, I, there was a long line of people waiting to take a picture with it, and I just kind of went from behind and took it from there. And so I didn't get the side by side Lombardi picture, but I did in fact get to see it without having to wait in line. So I felt like that was a win. Boy, so you're not able to get that trophy if you don't win the NFC Championship game? Is that those are the rules that the yeah, NFL has set? You have to win the NFC. NFC Championship game, then you actually have to okay. win the Super Bowl as well. Um, they don't. I don't think they give a participation trophy for losing okay. the Super Bowl. Okay, okay, that's how it works. Okay, uh, I, I was, boy, I was unclear in this state. In Minnesota, because of you guys. Yeah, you know what though, Kevin? Hey, revenge game yesterday in the Pro Bowl. Vikings yeah, players no exploded. <laughs> Harrison Smith. Uh, Drew Brees looked pretty comfortable throwing some of those passes too. I'm just going to throw that out there. To Thielen, yeah, yeah. I got a like few tweets. Great... I got a few tweets that about the chemistry. Some, some good chemistry. I got yeah. I got tweets about that Brees to Thielen chemistry <laughs> yeah, and Kyle yeah, Rudolph. You guys didn't even in mention Drew Brees in your list of uh, Vikings. Pop oh, that's the dream. Well, we oh let's let's go there because we started with that. Like that was the starting point last yeah. week of our reckless speculation that you have yeah. to be told no by him first and foremost, right? Yeah. But, I mean, is it 99 percent he goes back? It, you, have sure to, you have to call him. Yeah, yeah I mean, you can. Yeah, you can. De- I mean, you can call him once. Uh, once they get to that window of, of negotiating of negotiations before uh, the free agency market opens, but it, I think the Saints and and both Andrew Brees are going to want to have that done before that point. Like if they get to the free agent uh, market, you know, his, it's going to be much harder for them to sign him. 
um, just given you know a team like Minnesota, who who knows could come out of nowhere and make them a big deal. Remember, you know, it's funny we always forget this chapter of Vikings history, but in 2000, uh, Denny Green tried to talk Dan Marino out of retirement. Yes, um, and that, that was after the Jeff George year, and they didn't sign him, and uh, they had gone after a couple other guys, and. They didn't have a starter yet, and they weren't ready to put Dante Culpepper in, and so they made a run at Dan Marino. Um, and so, it's and there's plenty of history in this franchise of making runs at at, at future or eventual Hall of Famers, whether it's Warren Moon or, or Brett Favre. You know, Dan Marino. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But would certainly fall in line with with team history. Uh, that said, you know, it's hard to imagine. Even though we've seen so many separations of, of Hall of Fame quarterbacks from their primary team at the end of their careers, um, the the situation in New Orleans seems to be uh, suggest that they'll get it done um, more than it did, say, with Brett Favre and the Packers or even Joe Namath and the Jets or Johnny Unitas and the Colts. I mean, you go back to all kinds of uh, histories, and uh, this seems more amicable than those right now, at least. How much, uh, Kevin, do you think that uh, that Case uh, ended up costing himself with that uh, performance in the title game? Just as far, and I get it; it was not all his fault. Yeah. But you got to figure if they had won one more game, that it would have been potentially off the charts for what he could have gotten uh, on the open market. What's your guess about what that cost him? Yeah, I mean, it, it could have. You know, it could cost him whether the Vikings decide to franchise him or not, and that would have established a baseline of $23 million a year for any longer-term contract he might have gotten. Um, so it certainly cost him in that regard if they don't franchise him. And, it, you know, it probably maybe it, was, it, it smoothed off a little bit of the interest around the league in terms of a guy who had suddenly come into his own and, and would be ready to lead a team to the Super Bowl. But, geez, you know, I, I still think, like, you know, no – if, if Mike Lennon got $18 million last year from the Bears and, and you know, Case Keenum has had, has a much better resume in my mind than he did at that point, there's somebody out there who I think would pay him a lot of money to come in at least for a couple years. Whether that's the Vikings, I don't know. But, you know, maybe he cost himself multiple years at that at a higher price. Was it five, six million a year uh, yeah. difference than what he'll end up getting? But where a team can say, I'm not totally sure he can take us to the Super Bowl, but clearly he, he took a team, helped the team to the NFC Championship game at least. And so he'll get a lot of money, uh, maybe not in the in the mid, you know, low to mid 20 millions a year unless he's franchised, but still it'll be in the high teens at least, you would think. Uh, Kevin Seifert, ESPN.com. Just before we uh, say goodbye, your thoughts on the upcoming Super Bowl game that we, I, I think we're going to probably. We're not going to go all in on this this week because I think Vikings fans feel so tortured by Eagles offensive notion, line against Patriots defensive line. We'll, yeah, we'll dive into some of it, but you know, what's your initial instinct with uh, I don't know five or six days before the actual game? Um, you know, I just always, I just had a rule now for a couple of years to never you know, never to pick against the Patriots and never to assume that someone else is going to either outplay them or out um, out coach them or outthink them or outplan them, especially over the course of two weeks. Those two Super Bowls they lost. Um, it required literally otherworldly plays by opposing teams to do it. Um, you know, I did a story last year talking about how there's been many Patriots game wins in the Super Bowl in the Brady Belichick era that were contingent on a couple plays as well. And so they say if those plays had not gone their way, uh, they could be just as easily 0 and 6 in in, um, in Super Bowls. But I or 0 and 7. But I. Um, I have a real hard time thinking that, that the Patriots are going to get outplayed or outsmarted. Gronkowski's back on the practice field, seems to be on track to be cleared from that concussion, and that's a huge, uh, that's a huge uh, story for them. 
And, uh, you know, the Eagles obviously showed us that they can, they have shown us they can win big games with two different quarterbacks, which is huge, but, um, and they may win, but I can't give them the benefit of the doubt at this point. Yeah. Good stuff, Kev. Thanks, Kevin. We're going to see okay, you out guys. here. We'll yep. probably be out here at least a few days, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. On my way very soon after hanging up this phone. Come awesome. by. Say hi. Heckle us. I will. I might creep as well. Oh, you can creep all you want, Kevin. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Kevin Seifert from ESPN.com. Yeah, it's uh, the landscape here, it's, it's starting to fill up a little bit, but it's basically like elbow-to-elbow elbow tables so, of radio stations and TV setups. And so tonight at the X is what used to be Media Day, correct? Yes. And they have like a primetime show with the Patriots and then the Eagles, and yeah. we go through the entire roster and all that good stuff. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm going. Are you going to go? I'm going to go. What the oh, heck? Yeah. yeah. So we have, we're watching, because um, our setup is right next to the, actually the Fox Sports radio setup where they have Clay Travis in the morning is literally like right, it's, we're like the table right next to it, and then Doug Gottlieb in the afternoon. But the Dan Patrick show is actually broadcasting live from some high-rise. It looks like downtown Minneapolis. They look really comfortable, I too. It, it looks amazing. I can't figure out where they are, but... That's what we need for our, our studio once the Super Bowl's over. A high-rise? Can we just move into their digs right there and take that over as our studio? Yeah, just leave those microphones. <laughs> we'll you guys got plenty of money. Exactly. Uh, so we're here at Mall of America all week long, 9 o'clock to 1 o'clock. Royce, he's going to be out here a few different days. You guys are doing a live Purple podcast this week, too. Yes. Yeah, we're doing a live Purple podcast uh, this week, and Patrick is going to be out here in Radio Row, I know, on a Tuesday and Thursday. Awesome. And it's fan-friendly. I mean, people can literally come out here. We're, right, we're between the uh, food court, or in the food court, but kind of between the main area of the food court and the mini golf course. Yeah, we stand to get really Mall fat. Of America. So, yeah, well, fatter. Fat, yeah, good point. Okay. Fatter. Thank you for amending that. Let's come back later on in about a half hour from now. Sage Rosenfels will join the show live from Radio Row. Superstar Mike Morris will join us live throughout the entire noon hour. The Twins have a chance. We'll get into this in the 10 o'clock early, maybe the 11 o'clock hour, too. The Twins can upstage things. Oh, they control. If they want they in the next few days. In a major way. They can. And also, the story behind the play that daggered the Vikings at the top of the hour it's worth listening to. It'll make you feel even more terrible as a but it's Thanks therapeutic. A lot for that. It's therapeutic. Mackie, it's to get over it. Mackie and Judd, Radio Row. All right, Mackie and Judd. Oh, that's the ultimate trolling. E A G L E S Eagles. We just ran into uh, Peter King. You probably know Peter King. Yeah, I've right? known Peter for a while. Yes. In fact, we're going to get into the story he wrote at the top of the hour. I'm curious to hear this because uh, you told me not to read it, and I didn't. I've not seen it yet. So yeah, I, it's it's just sort of. Well, we'll get into it at the top of the hour, but it's right. salt in the wound, but it's also somewhat therapeutic, and I don't know. A um, couple more things on Kirk Cousins, because we've been talking a lot about Kirk Cousins and how aggressively the Vikings should pursue him mm-hmm. as maybe the top, if Drew Brees goes back to the Saints, the top free agent quarterback. I'll, I'll, I'll add a couple more notches to his belt the last couple of years. Road victories, and victories over big-time defenses or big-time NFC foes. Three of his best performances, Kirk Cousins, this past season, mm-hmm. came at Philadelphia, at Seattle, and at New Orleans. Go back to 2016, he carved up the Vikings defense in 2016. I believe that was the second game after the bye. I think they, the, the Vikings lost to the Eagles and then kind of in the middle of that stretch. Yeah, I think you're also right. Also lost to Kirk Cousins or uh, whatever it was, the 
Kirk Cousins performed very well against the Vikings. Yep. And he torched Dallas in Dallas. That was a playoff team. That was like a 13-win Dallas that, team. That was a lot of garbage. Didn't Washington come from way down in that game, though? And I thought he got a lot he of the, yards. He over 446 in that game. Yeah, I thought he got so, a, a lot of yards once they were down by there, quite a bit. There may have been a garbage time factor, but to, to bring him back, make that a game, and, and throw for 446 yeah. yards, worth noting, the Vikings looked very much differently on grass and on the road. And so the other intriguing part here is Kirk Cousins plays on a crappy surface, mm -hmm. can win on grass. Mm -hmm. So something to consider if you're just going to build yourself as a dome team, but you have to go on the road to Philadelphia or Carolina or somewhere in the playoffs, you might want to have a little bit more assurance. And so the question becomes, why wouldn't Washington bring him back? And I think there's a lot of people that expect that, but uh, I found it. The franchise tag for 2018 for him, $34.5 million. There's no way they do that. $34.5 and that At that point, and, and Washington needs help, so if you – franchise him again you're basically your cap space is gone so what's the okay what the the franchise tag is ordinarily the first year or two isn't it the average of the, the top five highest paid players yes. at your position yes and then the third year it jumps it jumps again yes if you franchise a guy for a third year there's a percentage of of the previous franchise tag that it goes up again by holy so God. that's how it gets up that high but I can't see. So it's like thirty. Now, it's like forty percent of the previous salary. Then. If you're Washington, you're obviously going to go to him with a long-term offer. But I think at this point, he's so upset with how he's been treated by the franchise, he's going to say no. So basically, the reason why he would hit the market is the Redskins can't afford to franchise him, and he's not going to stay there as a favor. He, yeah. He's going to say, "I'll hit the market and get just as much or more." So, we, this is a pretty easy thing to deduce, right? They ain't gonna franchise him for thirty-four million. I don't so, think they can. Yeah. So that's out of that's out of the the mix. Mm -hmm. So the question is, does he want to go back on a long-term deal? Well, if there's five or six other teams and the Redskins, that let's say there's six teams that are all willing, maybe the Jaguars are in this mix. I don't know. That are all willing to pay the price on Kirk Cousins, mm -hmm. and he's then ranking the teams that want him to play for them based on how likely it is they can get back to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. The Jaguars are above the Redskins. The yep. Vikings are above the Redskins. Here's your wild card like team. Or three other teams. Here's your wild card team in a big way. Denver. Denver's going to be what's so what's so interesting about the Broncos. Elway can't find a QB now. Yeah. It's bizarre. But I think if if you're if you're Elway and you get, got up to such a good start as the president basically of the football operations there, and things have gone backwards like they have, namely because you can't find a quarterback. I think there's a very good chance Denver comes to a guy like Cousins and blows him away with an yeah, offer. And they've had a pretty good defense. It's not the same defense that won the Super Bowl a few years ago, but it's still a very – I mean, they've gotten smoked a couple times here and there, but they have perennially a top-ten defense. They don't need to be a train wreck. No. They are a train wreck right now, but they don't need to be one. Yeah, so you're you're going to be even if you offer him a big contract, There's more, you know, again, it's not as simple as do the Vikings want him? Okay, then he's a, then he's a Viking. Right. If Denver wants him. Jacksonville. I don't know. I know Blake Bortles makes, uh, like, I want to say between fifteen and twenty million dollars a year. I don't know how many more years of guaranteed money he has left, but I think this might be it. How about the Jets? I think they can get out how, now. How about a team like the Jets? But they're not really Super Bowl ready, are they? Uh, I don't know that they are. But if you structured a contract and gave him five years and offered him the opportunity to play there, I think it might be intriguing. I don't think they're – they weren't nearly They'd as – They'd have to pay more than the other teams almost, certainly. Right, but but the difference is this. The franchise tag means that it's a, a one-year contract and there's no structuring it, so the cap is the cap hit is the cap hit. 
if you're the Broncos, the Vikings, the Jets, you, you can give them a five-year deal and structure things creatively yeah. so the cap hit's not nearly as prohibitive. And then another team, too, in the NFC, Arizona. Yeah. You know, Arizona needs uh, – it, it depends on what That's they think one. about their window, too. Do they look at their roster and say, well, you know, our quarterback just – hung it up, and Larry Fitzgerald and Adrian Peterson are old, and Peterson's going to be out the roster, but they have David Johnson. Mm -hmm. They have a couple of the best defensive players in the league, both in their prime, Mm -hmm. and you can pretty easily reload some of the other positions, maybe via draft or free agency, put Kirk Cousins in there, and if if you want to compete in that division, you you can't just draft a quarterback, the fourth guy off the board in the first round. So there's going to be competition, and I would strongly consider it. Again, I think it all goes back to is he the guy you saw in 2015-16, or did he regress back to maybe that league average quarterback that you thought he might be when he took over the job? Um, that's I'm glad I'm not gun to the head making those decisions, but I would strongly consider it. If the Alex Smith door closed, I'd probably pull the trigger on it. Yeah. So the Smith door still in- intrigues me the the most because it's a it's a short term boost. I think it's a good move. The I don't know. I like Cousins. I'd like him more than I did when I started to to look at his stats last night. And all of that being said, I don't know if I can get myself to the five year contract that it would cost me. Yeah. Well, we can talk more about that later on in the show. Sage Rosenfels will join us around ten fifteen. We will also have superstar Mike Morris live radio row Mall of America in the noon hour. When we come back, some therapy, some salt in the wound, an interesting story about the play that really ultimately did the Vikings in that kind of pushed that game over the top, it's going to make you cringe. <laughs> do I need this? It's going to make you cringe. Well, I don't know if you do, but you're, I think you'll enjoy this. Okay. In a I'm curious sort of to, way. All right, I'm curious to hear it then. More from Radio Row, Mackie and Judd, live until 1 o'clock.